time for the beer radio you've been looking for. This is the show that dispels myths, tackles the toughest topics, and makes no apologies for geeking out on beer. Hosted by two guys that drink before they think. Jamil Zanashev and John Palmer. This is Brew Strong. Hey there, my Bruin brothers and sisters. We're here with Bruce Strong, Jamel Zanishev, and my uh, my partner here, John Palmer. Howdy, hey. <laughs> hey, howdy, hey. <laughs> <laughs> it is great to be here again. Oh, yeah. You know, we're here in the, uh, I'd say, the sunny studios in uh, Pacheco, California, but we're actually here in the rainy studios in yeah. Pacheco, California. Yeah, it's kind of odd, you know, sitting here in a puddle of water while, you know, broadcasting. (laughs) Actually, now, now the studios don't have heating, the studios don't have cooling, or they have very weak cooling. But uh, one thing they are is uh, watertight. I see no, no, no uh, rain in the studio, and I think that's because of all the electronic equipment that would die. Well, then why did Chad put this bucket of water under my feet? (laughs) Okay, well, anyway. And hand you that toaster. I don't know. I don't know. But uh, one thing I want to mention that I keep forgetting to mention a lot of other shows is that this show is done live. Uh, we are we are live in the studios when we when we do the show mostly and live. Uh, yeah. mostly live. It depends how much we had to drink the night before, and uh, you can join in on the uh, on the chat room. You go to the uh, uh, www.thebrewingnetwork.com, and there's a, uh, a chat button there. You click on that. You don't need a password or anything like that. Just enter your name and join in, and there's a bunch of like-minded individuals in there. And uh, Today, the chat room's moderated by our lovely Justine. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can uh, ask questions uh, about uh, the topics we're talking about. You can ask other questions, and uh, generally people in the chat room will answer them for, for you if, uh, if it has nothing to do with uh, the, the subject we're talking about. But if you want to jo- join in and get your questions answered there, uh, that's the place to do it, and you can do it live every show. And uh, let's see, uh, you know, while you're there on the uh, Brewing Network uh, site, yep, there's a store there, and you can go in, and a lot of people have already bought stuff from the store, but uh, one thing that uh, is hard to come by, it seems, is uh, the Brewing Network uh, hop grenade shirts, the black hop grenade shirts, which I, I got mine. I love yep. mine. You see me every event. I, I tend to wear that thing because I love it so much. We wore them in Australia. It's, 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 a, it's a great shirt. And uh, you can get those in the store. Uh, all the sizes are properly updated in the store. You know, go go uh, crazy right now and uh, get them because they will sell out. Uh, they also have uh, Brewing Classic Styles. Mm-hmm. That's a great book, by the way. <laughs> there you go. Now, you know that, yeah. now you're now you're with the program. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's in the store as well. And next week, BN Army glassware. Yes, hey, these are these are sweet yeah. glasses. They're like yeah. the uh, the the uh, German half liter uh, style. Right. I think they're a little larger than that, though. They seem uh, like a good size. And they're uh, they got the hop grenade on it. It says BN Army on it. Mm-hmm. I tell you. I'm stealing this one right here. Now you shouldn't steal. You shouldn't steal uh, glassware from any any pubs or bars or anything like that. But the rat just, pad? just ask to buy them, and generally they're like, "Oh, sure," you know. Or or sometimes they'll just give you one if you ask. But if you steal one, you're a jerk. Mm-hmm. Of course, here at the Rat Pad, you just uh, take whatever you want. That's not a problem. <laughs> leave the leave the money on the table on the way out. That's how we got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but these yeah. are nice. I like these. These are really def- nice I'm glasses. De- I'm definitely taking one. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Hey, Justin, look yeah. over there. 
I'm having uh, Shat's uh, Tasty Clone, which is like, you know, you have to be totally listening to all the shows and, yeah. and be dialed in to understand what I just said. Shatastic, eh? <laughs> it is. It's called Shatastic. Yes. <laughs> Self-named. Right. So, no, you know, if you're just joining in, you have no idea what I'm talking about when I say I'm having Shat's Tasty Clone. They're like, wow. Yeah. Unless they listened to the session last week. Yeah, you got, oh, you got to listen to all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, last night was Halloween. Yep, yep. I, was, I got uh, kids, you got kids. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was wearing my armadillo costume. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, yeah. Last <laughs> last year, my, my my wife, of course, has to cast the kids. What do you want to be this year? My my son goes, I want to be an ancient armadillo. And she's going, what? And I'm. And I thought for a second, I said, Daniel, do you mean a glyptodont? And he goes, yeah, a glyptodont. It's like, okay. So I had to get, on, get online and find a picture of it for her. Glyptodont. Yeah, this is, this is Halloween in the Palmer household. <laughs> they're, they're that, you know, that ancient South American armadillo with the giant uh, oh, tail. You didn't have to explain it to me. Oh, yeah, okay. I, I didn't think so, but, you know, Justin, well. Yeah. Yeah, my wife bought me a Freddy Krueger mask to uh, as I'm walking around behind. I, I I've got uh, two teenage daughters and uh, invited uh, a bunch of friends, so I got like you know seven or eight uh, teenage girls. I'm I'm stalking around the neighborhood as I'm, I'm following. <laughs> yeah, I can't be too close. You right, know, you don't want to be seen with dad necessarily. And uh, actually, my younger daughter, I, I said, well, you know. Uh, I'll hang back, and you guys won't see me. She goes, oh, I don't, I don't mind, uh, you know, walking with you. I said, well, you know, what's worse, uh, you know, somebody, uh, you know, walking with your dad or uh, having having somebody following you from a distance that looks like a stalker? And uh, she's like, oh, no, no, st- I said, you know, stalker or dad? Uh, no, no, I'd be okay with you. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing was, we're walking around, and I, I never really had any problems with uh, you know weird houses or weird people in our neighborhood before. Mm-hmm. But uh, this time, uh, f- take the kids to this one house, and I hear the guy. You know, they're they're all uh, up there, and I I'm hanging back a little bit, and I hear the guy's like, "Oh, just hold on, just just two seconds. Let me get my costume on and show you my costume." It's like some old guy. You know, I'm thinking, "Uh oh, uh oh." You know, he's <laughs> yeah. gonna, you know, he's like, you know, Mister Happy is gonna come out or it's something. The one-eared elephant. You know, yeah. and he, yeah, he turns around, and I'm I ran right up there, <laughs> and I'm like, "Hey, hey, hey." And then he puts on like this uh, Santa hat and this giant nose, and then he goes into this really weird, bizarre, lying Santa <laughs> routine. <laughs> and the kids are all looking at him like, this guy's weird. But they're, they're too polite to just walk away. Ah, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, really, really odd. And then, and then, uh, you know, we're, you know, the, the, we're up this house, and, and uh, you know, uh, some guy was hiding in the bushes. He's wearing like a black outfit, and he's got like juniper parts of a juniper plant, like you know, taped to his head and his arms and stuff. And he's hiding there, and then you know, he jumps out and scares uh, scares the kids. Right? Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, yeah. oh, okay, well, that's you know, that's okay. all right. You know, they're older kids. He's not scaring the three year olds or whatever. Yeah. And uh, you know, we walk onto the next house, and I see you know, like some family go up with you know a couple of little you know really young kids like they're barely walking you know mm-hmm. and he jumps out and scares them and i'm like oh what an idiot you know he's, he's scaring <laughs> them. you know the kids are crying oh. I'm like you know when they're that young they don't want to be scared like that you know older they can handle it so we start walking down and then i see this guy running through the neighborhood he's like running from house to house and uh, hiding in front of different houses and i'm thinking 
well, this is weird. Yeah. You know, I thought when he was at the one house, was that was his house. his house, and he's, you know, just, you know, being part of the Halloween spirit. He's going to all these other houses. It's getting a little weird, right? Yeah. And I'm watching him, and he's, like, running ahead, and he's trying to, you know, prepare himself to scare my children again. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, dude, this is this is not right. Yeah. And uh, one of the girls says, well, you know, I hope he doesn't, like, touch me or something i said look if he touches you i'll kill him <laughs> yeah uh, you know totally totally not right and the kids were getting freaked out they're like well, you know what's this guy doing he's you know he's like stalking us right right and so yeah the guy comes up you know and he's like trying to you know run up to the house i got my my 12 <laughs> led flashlight in his face i'm like look <laughs> you know i said uh you know doing it at your own house is okay you know multiple houses and stalking somebody not okay i said you know and he didn't say a word and just like you know runs off i'm thinking you know this guy's this this is you know somebody who's going to lock somebody in his basement eventually yeah so did you chase him down later no no just let him go i figured you know the news people need somebody something to uh you know, yeah. but it is the kind of <laughs> that is the kind of thing that makes me uncomfortable at Halloween. I think Justin's going to talk about how he did this when he was younger. And uh, I just wanted you to know, I was in uh, I was in this house all night. <laughs> it with, wasn't you. I spent Halloween with my mother, and I was here. <laughs> so I have an alibi. <laughs> Got an alibi. Okay, Shooting on the other hand, weird. did leave for about three hours, and I don't know where he went. I'm thinking, you know, and the the look on his face, and he didn't say a word. Right. Yeah, you know, and he was just, uh, you know, he's probably in his mid twenties. Probably thought he was invisible. Ah, really, really strange. Really, really strange. So, uh, you know, I, I took what was a happy story and turned it into a very sad story now. <laughs> but, you know, kids had a great time. And, uh, yeah. and uh, you know, if you're uh, some nut job out there trying to, uh, you know, mm-hmm. do weird things, the kids were like, well, you know, is he like a child molester? Is he going to, like, uh, capture one of us? My daughter was like, you know, younger daughter was freaking out about the whole yeah. thing. I'm like, ah, don't worry. Yeah, it comes around all I'll get rid of them. Don't worry. I've been captured before. Look how I turned out. (laughs) (laughs) It's fine, kids. (laughs) Captured and abused. No problem. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But, you know, Halloween, I've been taking the kids around since they could, you know, first went around, and I do it every year. And, uh, you know, it's a big thing for me, you know, taking the kids around. I love love that sort of thing. Did anybody on your street do up the big haunted house and so on? Uh, uh, no, a neighbor across the street puts on a lot of decorations. There's, you know, within a block or two, there's a couple of uh, haunted houses with uh, the graveyard built in the front yard right. and yeah. uh, Push you know, does all that. the sounds yeah. and stuff. Oh, I imagine he, he, he probably puts uh, juniper bushes on his head and hides out in the plants, too. <laughs> uh, Our neighbor had a big one, too. and uh, <laughs> Your neighbor's got a big one? I mean, <laughs> yes, uh, backyard thing. where he, you know, he, But he, he built, basically <laughs> started building it in August. Yeah. And uh, so it was, he had like uh, twenty friends and neighbors manning the thing in the backyard, and uh, but you know if you took they were, if you wanted to take little kids through, they'd give them a glow stick to hold on to, you know, so everybody along the way would know, and and then they call in the walkie-talkie heads like, okay, I got five chickens coming through, and you take the smaller kids through, and uh, you know that way it was just like the uh, the puffs of air and uh, the music and so on, but nobody's leaping out at them, so. <laughs> They they, they yeah. thought it was cool. It was scary, but they they thought it was cool afterwards. Huh. Yeah. I say it's not a haunting ha- haunted house if you don't piss yourself. You shouldn't have gone <laughs> easy on those kids. <laughs> you know, my best memories are the haunted houses that I never ever wanted to go back to. Like at that time, you're you know you're scared as hell. But 
in hindsight, it's just kind of cool, you know? Yeah. It might just, take him a few years to get over it, but... So, you got that guy at the end there holding up the 12-pack the of Bud Light. Yeah. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Drink. Scary. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's good to be back. You know, we, we've been gone uh, quite a while. I mean, we, we yeah. you know, uh, Justin had, uh, you know, all his events and Oktoberfest and yeah. JBF. You and I had uh, events we were jetting off to. And it's kind of that season yeah. where everybody couldn't be in the studio uh, uh, for we've all know, been a couple of trotting, months. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we uh, got a whole bunch of shows done early on, and those have been posted. And, now we're finally back uh, live, and it's mm-hmm. just great to uh, great to be here. Yeah, better than ever, stronger, faster. <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, well, anyway. I'm a little fatter, slower, <laughs> probably a little stupider after getting drunk a few times, killing off some brain cells. You know, that's that's probably how it goes. Yeah. So uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, cleaning. That's going to be our our big thing. Cleaning yep. and uh, and and what that means in brewing, and and not sanitizing necessarily, but cleaning. And 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 uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people don't appreciate how uh, important the, an yeah, aspect this is. Very important first step, you know, in the whole the whole brewing process. You got to be clean. Got to be clean before you can be sanitized. Yeah. And uh, right after the break, we are going to be back with our uh, our expert, our, our industry expert, which is John from uh, Five Star, and he'll be with us right after this. Smart. Brew Strong. This is Brew Strong. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of their 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Their Williams German Pills is mashed with pure German Moravian two-row barley malt for a light blonde color and malty crispness you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out their unique fermenters, draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and more. They even have their own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse their vast selection and enter promo code BREW at the order checkout for $5 off your next order over $50. Orders placed by 3 p.m. ship the same day. Again, go to williamsbrewing.com and enter promo code BREW at checkout for $5 off your next order. Brewing is easy the Williams way. What have you gotten out of a vial of White Lab yeast? WLP 001, Cal Ale, baby. 23, Burton Ale. 008, East Coast Ale. Cal Common, WLP 810. It's going to be WLP 400 with beer. I got a sweet hoodie for my vial. Huh? Huh? 
White Labs, your source for great brewer's yeast, would like to invite all homebrewers to join the White Labs Customer Club. Redeem your empty vials for great White Labs merchandise and products. Free yeast, glassware, t-shirts, baseball caps, sweatshirts, polo shirts, and you won't believe what you'll get for 5,000 vials. Members also receive a newsletter packed with White Labs updates and facts, interviews with professional brewers, brew-your-own-clone recipes, beercook.com recipes, and customer club stories. The White Labs Customer Club. Save your vials and get in the club. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Live. Beer Radio. The Brewing Network. The Brewcasters. If you're just starting, don't be discouraged by all this stuff. It's yeah. so easy. Just throw it yeah. together. Put yeah, some sugar know. and some water and some yeast in there. Yeah. Network. <laughs> like the Lance Armstrong of the beer world. Except for that nut thing. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're talking uh, cleaning as it uh, applies to brewing. And uh, our expert uh, with us today is John Herskovitz uh, from Five Star Chemical Company. And, uh, John, uh, welcome to Brew Strong. Thank you. How are you guys doing? We're doing uh, great. Doing great. It's it's wonderful to be in the studio, and uh, we're enjoying some uh, some chatastic. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. <laughs> well, thank you for having me on. Yeah. Uh, so, John, one of the things about cleaning, and I think a lot of people don't don't appreciate, is you know how important it is. And and I, I wanted to uh, kind of get into uh, you know usually what we do is define what we're talking about and. And I think uh, everyone assumes they know what cleaning means. You know, go clean your room, go, you know, clean the dishes, whatever. Everybody's like, oh, yeah, okay. So you, you scrape off the nasty stuff and, you know, give it a rinse and you're done, right? So sure. I wanted to, to, to ask you to kind of explain to listeners, you know, why cleaning is so important in brewing. You know, can I just get rid of the stuff I see and then I'm ready, you know, hit it with some sanitizer, I'm done? <laughs> That's... uh. Cleaning is, you're, you're absolutely correct, cleaning is the, the number one most important thing that you should do when you're preparing to brew. Um, if you do not, you, you can uh, spend all this time and energy in brewing your beer and um, you screw up. And you bring up a good point. Can I just use a sponge? Can I scrub off the stuff that I can see and then hit it with a sanitizer and call it good? And um, you can. Um, but that's a risk um, that you're going to have to take um, because there's bacteria that can grow and live in the cracks and crevices and um, the plastic, glass, stainless, they, they look smooth, but there's uh, crevices in there and there's um, the surface isn't as smooth as it looks. And so just hitting it with straight water isn't necessarily going to do it. You're going to need something that gets down in the cracks and you've got to get all the various different types of soil that gets um, produced when you make beer. So if you don't use the right chemicals to clean it properly, then you could have leftover residual that will inactivate the sanitizer that you might use. Does that make sense? Yeah, and, yeah. And, and I think, not to belabor the point, but, uh, you know, I would think, you know, proper cleaning without sanitizing is probably more effective than proper sanitizing without cleaning. I would agree. 
Um, you know, there's uh, the old thing that brewers used to do is just use straight caustic um, just to remove it because cleaning physically removes the soil and the bacteria. Sanitizing kills. Okay, but if you have bacteria and any dirt and residue in there, it could act inactivate some of the sanitizer that you're going to use. So, um, I guess you, can, you I, can get bacteria underneath, you know, soils and residue that would exactly. that wouldn't see the sanitizer, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's um, that, that's exactly the point. Is it'll hide the um, the bacteria. The bacteria can live underneath any um, bacteria any dirt that happens to be on the, the surface. Now, what so about, it, uh, you know, what about, you know, the, you, you're talking, all right, so we can't just uh, rinse it off and we can't just scrape it off uh, by physical means. Certainly that helps, uh, you know, if you get rid of the, the majority of crud with, say, uh, you know, a carboy brush or something like that or a sponge, uh, you know, that helps uh, your, your cleaners that you're going to use. But, uh, you know, isn't there just like a one-stop, uh, you know, cleaner, sanitizer? I can just pour in there and, and be done with it. Why, why do, you know, or, you know, or why doesn't somebody make something like that? Um, <laughs> why doesn't someone make something like that? Um, I've, a lot of people claim they make something like that. Uh, the reason is pure chemistry. Um, you must first clean and then sanitize. You cannot clean and sanitize in the same step. By definition, you just can't do it. Sanitization means to kill the bacteria, and EPA's definition is you must clean. You must sanitize on a pre-cleaned surface. So um, I know a lot of people use iodine, for example. Um, and they think that it's a good cleaner, and it, it'll clean and remove some stuff, but then you've got to remove the dirt and then try to clean it. it it's always a two-step process. I don't care what you do. Even if you try to clean with bleach and then you try to sanitize with bleach, you, you always have to do a two-step process. You've got to remove the dirt because um, in beer making, you make different types of soils. Okay, You make organic soil and inorganic soil. The organic soil is, of course, from your grain, your sugars, and that you need an alkali to break down and remove, okay? Where, and then you also create inorganic soils. That would be um, metals, calcium, magnesium, anything that comes from the hard water um, and precipitates out. Well, those things take different chemistry to remove them. And if you have both of those... and you always will have both of those in your um, container, carboy, whatever you're trying to clean. So if you, you take a sponge, that does a good job of removing the physical stuff, but it doesn't always get everything. Um, so I recommend using a good alkali first, uh, even if you are just going to scrub it. Spray it with, or hit it with a good alkali that's going to remove the organic soils and then rinse it up. And when you go to scrub, your job will be a lot easier because you've used that, that detergent or an alkali. John, I got a question. Um, how would you define a cleaner chemically? I mean, is it is an alkali by definition a cleaner or a cleaner by definition al- an alkali? Uh, um, well, there's both acid-based cleaners and alkal- or caustic alkaline cleaners. Um, I would say you got acid side and um, base side. When most people think of a cleaner, they think of a detergent, um, and you also have the um, neither one, which something would be just be like a surfactant or just a straight detergent. But um, 
Now, the, I define an, um, in the brewing business, especially for home brewers, there's two different types of cleaners. You've got your alkaline cleaners and your acid cleaners. The alkaline, of course, is um, designed for removing the organic soils, and the acid is designed for removing inorganic soils. Does that answer the question? I think or, so. You also mentioned surfactants and uh, detergents. I mean, uh, how, how do these terms relate? Surfactant. Surfactant technically stands for surface activation agent. Um, basically, it's the bubbles. Um, my my explanation. I explain it to my wife all the time. She says, "What is that?" I say, <laughs> "It's." Uh, <laughs> um, she doesn't like it when I talk t- um, too chemically um, in yeah. depth. But what women uh, never surf- believe we can clean anything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, that's true. Um, technically, a surfactant makes water wetter. Okay, so the surface isn't necessarily um, flat. There's uh, divots in it. Well, water, it, water may not get down into that little um, crevice. Due to okay? its surface tension and so on, right? Exactly. Um, and so you use a surfactant, which breaks the surface tension and allows it to go in there. Okay. Does that right. answer the question? I yeah, think so, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, don't be afraid to... Uh you know, uh, mention any uh, five-star products that you think are good for, for the steps involved. It, it's all right. It's it's not a show for, for five-star, but uh, I think we all uh, tend to use yeah. uh, your products, or you know, many of us tend to use your products anyway. So it, it's okay if you, yeah. you mention PBW or something like that. I, I mention all the time. I use that as, as my cleaning step. Is that is that the, the best product that I should be using for my yes. cleaning step? Uh, plain and simple, yeah. PBW, Star Sand. That's the way to go. I mean, if you want, if you don't like the foam of Star Sand, you can use Santa Clean. But um, as far as cleaners are concerned, I I prefer PBW over everything out there on the market today. It um, actually it's it's majority of what we sell into the brewing businesses or the craft brewers as well. Uh, because of all of its wonderful benefits, um, it does everything you need as far as removing the organic soils. Um, I, when I talk to guys and give interviews, I, I don't necessarily like to because they think, well, all you're all you're trying to do is um, hawk your product, and it's no, uh, no. I, I personally, when I brew, it's what I use, and I could use caustic. I have all these chemicals available to me, and I use PBW because it's the best, it's the safest. Mm-hmm. The the one thing that I, you know, when when people are thinking about cleaners, is that there's a lot of different things as far as soil chemistry to remove, and when you're physically going to remove the dirt, a lot of these guys think that they can just use a sponge or um, maybe they're going to soak it in hot water. If you add a little bit of, um, say, PBW to your prod- to your solution, um, it makes your job a whole lot easier. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it, this show, re- this section of the show is about cleaning. So let me read or let me tell you: time, temperature, concentration, agitation. Okay, I, I, my three big T's, but then I always throw in my A for agitation. Um, <laughs> so you like a T and A? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, just a little T and A, you know. <laughs> um, but that's it. If, if the more time the chemical sees. The, the stuff, PBW, if you give it more time to soak, if you let it soak overnight, you're not going to need to agitate it. You're mm-hmm. just going to hit it with a quick rinse, and it, it immediately will wash it all off. Um, last week, was it last week we were in Australia? Seems like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sometime around. Gosh, I can't remember. Um, <laughs> I haven't slept in a week. I'm still on their time. Same here. Um, 
the, the number one question I was getting was, well, you know, I just scrub and scrub and scrub. Why do I need to use the PBW? And I said, well, you try using PBW, and I guarantee you won't have to scrub as hard. Okay, well, um, John, let, let's, well, let me ask a question here. Yeah. How yeah. would you compare and contrast PBW to, say, you know, dishwashing detergent like Dawn, um, Arm & Hammer washing soda, OxyClean? I mean, you know, th- there's there's so many different cleaning products readily available at the grocery store. Uh, what what are the, these products, good, kind of soils are these products good for? And where does PBW come into the pr- picture for us brewers? Uh, Dawn dishwashing detergent is just a surfactant. There is no alkalinity in there, so all it it only does its job by emulsifying. Okay, um, Arm and Hammer baking soda is basically sodium bicarbonate. Well, I mean, um, so the, like the washing soda. I guess it's like, okay. So some okay, the washing soda and like OxyClean, those have sodium percarbonate in them and soda ash, sodium carbonate. That's washing soda. Is soda soda ash. Okay. Um, those are alkaline, but a lot of times they're missing your surfactants. Okay, so they they work by saponifying, kind of in the same principle as caustic would do, sodium hydroxide or caustic, but they don't necessarily have the surfactants. And the one thing that every single one of those products is missing is a chelator. Okay. And um, that's the one thing that key, that PBW specifically has. PBW is designed with a surfactant package that works at a wide range of temperatures. It'll work in cold water. It, of course, works better in hot water. It's specifically designed for the brewing soils that you guys um, produce. The, the alkalinity um, is meant to make the job work. There's enough in there. And then, of course, it has the oxygen, the same thing that, say, OxyClean has. OxyClean is sodium percarbonate. Okay. okay? Um, and so it has that in there as well, as well as the chelation. Chelation is very important that a lot of people overlook. And that suspends the hard water and may make so that you don't have to hit it with an acid later to get okay. rid of, say, those inorganics. Does and it, also so a chelator functions as a water softener? Yes. That's one way of looking at it. Okay. All right, so I, I've got some questions on the time, temperature, concentration. I believe that's also very important, that people either use way too much, they figure a little bit is, is good, more is is even better, or they're trying to save, uh, you know, two cents on a, on a $30 batch of beer, and, you know, they're, they're skimping and, and uh, saving. So when we come back from the break, uh, what I want to do is, is get into some of those questions for you. I'll tell you what I do in my sanitizing, and uh, maybe you can tell me if I'm doing the right thing or going wrong back after this keep your carboy cap on this is bruce strong we'll be right back What's good for the earth, good for your body, and great for your brew? Organic Ingredients. This holiday season, the Organic Ingredient Experts Seven Bridges Co-op in awesome Santa Cruz, California, offers you the gift that keeps on giving to our planet. Sustainable, fair-wage ingredients to make the best organic homebrew you've ever had. 
There's a growing demand for organic products, and your choice to brew with them supports organic farmers worldwide. Brew organic, and you'll brew excellent beer that is free from chemical residues and genetically modified organisms, and you'll help contribute to a better world. If you're looking for organic ingredients, Seven Bridges offers a huge selection of USDA-certified kits and raw ingredients from 8 ounces to 50-pound sacks of grain, whole and pellet hops, and all the equipment you need. Seven Bridges, the organic homebrew expert since 1997. Visit www.breworganic.com. Attention homebrew shop owners at Fermentap. They know you're tired of buying the same old gear that everyone else has. That's why Fermentap offers the newest and most cutting-edge brewing equipment known to man. Since 1998, Fermentap has been leading the fight against the boring and mundane by offering strange, unique, and just plain smart equipment. Like their stainless domed false bottoms. Never deal with the floating plastic hassle of other false bottoms again. And since they're made from stainless steel, they'll last a lifetime. Fermentap's line of copper wort chillers are the best on the market, designed to cool your wort faster and more efficiently than other immersion chillers. They actually invented the equipment to make these chillers not only work great, but look great too. How about a fantastic line of ingredients, including vanilla beans, sorghum extract, blue agave extract, hot bitterness extract, unique wine yeasts, green coffee beans, sake kits, all stuff you can't find anywhere else. Fermentap carries all the standard products and equipment you need as well, such as all-grain systems, stainless hardware, kettles, carbonation stones, you name it, they've got it. Fermentap's entire line of products has been helping retail shops meet the demands of their customers for nearly 10 years, and they want to help you too. For more information, see them on the web at Fermentap.com or call Jason at 1-800-942-2750. Fermentap, better beer through innovation. Did you know that every day a brewcaster goes to bed hungry? Did you know that that brewcaster is silently calling for the help of people just like you? Do you know that every day the unicorn and the rainbow have to blow sailors for loose change? For less than the cost of a half-calf, quad-shot, venti, extra-hot, soy milk, triple-pump, hazel, low-fat foam, double-cupped macchiato a day, you can help starving adults in Pacheco. Your love can be felt for as little as seven cents a day. Visit thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate to sign up today for as little as $2 a month. Private first class in the BN Army. Buy your way up the ranks as corporal, sergeant, ranger, or colonel with an easy-to-do monthly donation that keeps brewcasters alive and your favorite internet radio station broadcasting. No donation is too small to help those in need. Can't you find it in your heart to share your love with a brewcaster? In return, you will enjoy the wealth of knowledge that comes with every episode of the session. The Jamil Show and Yes even that other show. Thank you for listening, and please sign up for your donation at thebrewingnetwork.com slash donate today. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Back to your hosts, Jamil Zanashef and John Palmer. Putting the testicles in technical. This is Brew Strong. All right, we're back. We're uh, this is Brew Strong, and we are speaking with John Herskovitz from the Five Star Chemical Company. Yep. Uh, and we're we're getting uh, down and dirty with cleaning. That's right. This is like dirty jobs. <laughs> Brewing Network style. Yeah. So, so John, we were talking about, uh, we, before we went to break, about uh, time, temperature, concentration. I know, uh, you know, one of the things that you advocate is not using too much. 
You know, you don't want to use too little, but you know, you, you can overdo it too, and that that doesn't help things either, does it? No, using too much chemicals uh, does not help. Uh, my best advice is read the instructions. Always follow the instructions and don't overthink it. Um, and measure, <laughs> right? Yes. Use a use a measured scoop or weigh it. Or is it, at PBW, you can do the 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 volume and the weight are the same, right? So one ounce by volume is the same as one ounce by weight. Is that true? Yeah, primarily. Pretty uh, close. Yeah. Okay. Close enough. So you can measure it either way, even. You make it very convenient. I never measure. Yes. Do I really? I mean this. You Do I really measure. need to measure? Yes. Okay. Why? Well, uh, so John, tell them why you don't want to use too much or too little. Too much chemical, well, the number one reason that comes to mind is you're wasting money. Um, but if you use too much, especially, say, a sanitizer, if you use way too much of a sanitizer, you, you might not be in the no-rinse category anymore, and that could uh, be harmful to you or to uh, your beer. So that is the number one reason is safety. Um, Number two reason would be money. Number three, some of these chemicals are specifically designed to work at the concentrations with the water. And so by overusing the chemicals, you throw them out of uh, where they need to be. Right. So, and, and, and if you were to just, let's give an extreme example here. If you pour dry PBW on your equipment probably not cleaning it very well <laughs> the highest concentration possible not doing a whole lot to help you uh no um i can think of so many things to do with dried pbw but putting it on your brewing <laughs> equipment is not one of them sprinkling on the cornflakes yeah no i wouldn't do that either okay um but um yeah <laughs> um all right so so uh time and temperature and concentration so uh, I measure my PBW, and then uh, I use glass carboys mainly for, for what I do. And what I find, like you mentioned earlier, is if I just put a little PBW and uh, some, some tap water in that thing, fill it up to the top, and I leave it set for a couple of days, and uh, you know, when I come back, I just uh, swirl the, the liquid around, pour it out, uh, maybe just swirl the car- carboy brush in there, and you know it's just spotless. And then you know, lots of rinsing, and uh, I'm good to go. It's, it's, it's about as easy as it gets. So uh, you know that tends to, tends to be uh, you know probably around you know anywhere from 60 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit that uh, that I'm doing this. Temperature though plays a big role in, in how effective uh, the, the cleaning solution you're using is, right? Correct. Um, PBW, if you would heat that up to, say, 120 degrees, hot water, um, between 120, 140, which is your hot water heater at home, probably gets up to at least that, right around that range, that would uh, make it in its ideal range, and it would work so much better. Um, it doesn't need it. Obviously, you're finding really good success at six, just regular tap water, 60 degrees cold water. Um, it will work there, but if you increase the temperature, it excites the molecules, and it, it'll work um, faster. You wouldn't need to let it sit. Um, but most home brewers, I, I hate to say it, but they're lazy. Oh, yeah, um, especially me. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, and I'm using glass, so you know, shooting in the hot uh, the hot water kind of kind of frightens me a little bit. So that's why I've been using the the room temp. Now, 
you say there's the ideal range, 120 to 140 Fahrenheit. Uh, is there harm in going past that? If I go with, uh, let's say I go with boiling water, 212 or uh, Fahrenheit or 100 degrees C, is is that helping or is it harming uh, the action? And that'll of, uh, harm you. My... Do okay. not use it above 180 degrees and, F. And why is that? Um, number one, surfactants can come out of solution. And... Um, well, that's the main reason that comes to mind is you, you may get some goo sticking to the side um, that you'd have to probably use a, a PBW in its ideal range to pull it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the chemical would split. Justin, do you want to talk about goo sticking to your side? or No, thank you. Is that how you do it, Justin? <laughs> that's how I do everything. <laughs> Yeah, so the man knows goo. So does uh, PBW or these other you know carbonates, percarbonate cleaners? Do they depend on temperature to any extent for rinsing? Um, percarbonates, um, a hot water rinse is normally better. Um, it depends. Sodium is the the real problem. And uh, remember when I was mentioned chelation? Right. Uh, usually, if you have a chelator in there, it makes rinsing with cold water easier. That's one advantage that PBW has over some other things is that you can rinse with cold water, um, and it does a good job. Um, that's one thing you said earlier, Jamil, is that you rinse with lots and lots of water. Um, you shouldn't have to. You should be able to do a quick quick rinse with cold water um, with PBW. I'm anal. Come, well, that's okay. We won't hold that against you. <laughs> What, um, well, and, but, but rinsing is fine, you know. It's just extra uh-huh. water. Right, Are right. you guys in a drought? Uh, always. I think we're always in a drought, aren't we? Uh, one of the things that uh, so I also use PBW when I'm uh, cleaning my kegs, and I use that hot water from the uh, the water heater, like you're saying. Uh, it probably comes out about 130 degrees Fahrenheit, and I'll mix up, uh, you know, a, a scoop of PBW. Uh, 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 with uh, in my kegs with the uh, 130 degree Fahrenheit water, and sure. I fill it to the top. I'll let that sit there a good 30 minutes. I'll I'll agitate it with a brush, and then uh, I'll use that solution in the next keg. I'll use it probably for two, maybe three kegs. Uh, does 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 a really good job. One thing that I found though is if I try and rinse that 130 degree Fahrenheit. Uh, keg with uh, some cold water uh i think i'm getting some sort of scale that's forming so what i found is i need to rinse with a uh, hot water in that case is that that makes sure is, is that's what what's happening to me because a, a couple of my kegs you know when i did that with cold water uh you know i i, I think i developed a scale in there that uh was difficult to remove um it, that could be hard water deposits coming out and then right, of course, I, I have a fairly from... hard water yeah and so it's taking so, that uh, calcium out of the water and it's depositing it somehow with the uh, uh, because of the chemical action there. Yeah, it's the same thing that you get on your shower head. You get hard water deposits on your shower. Calcium carbonate. And that's because of the uh, the hot cleaning and then the the cold rinse. And if I yeah. if I do a hot rinse, the same temperature that I cleaned with, you won't uh, have that problem. That, that problem goes away. Yeah, but if you had a clean or a cold, sorry, a cold wash. You could rinse with cold water. Right, like in my carboys. So Correct. I just take a tap water after that and uh, you know, fill it up, uh, uh, you know, scrub it again, and, uh, you know, uh, I figure more mechanical action can't hurt, and, uh, you know, and then uh, go from there. Yep. Okay. Sounds, sounds like you're doing a good job. And uh, 
so now we're kind of getting into concentration and time and temperature. One other thing, you know, how how do you, and maybe this sounds simplistic, but, you know, I, I think one of the ways to better brewing is thinking about the steps that you're doing. Now, uh, here's one thing that, uh, you know, I think, you know, some people out there might be adding, uh, you know, water to their cleaner or their uh, sanitizer. Uh, is it better to add and others are are doing the opposite they're adding their cleaner sanitizer to water is one better than the other is there is there some way that you should do that that's uh, the ideal route and and why is that uh, safety yes the answer is yes there is one that's better you always 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 add your your chemicals whatever it is whether it's a sanitizer or a cleaner to water okay um, and that's just pure safety uh, if you Chemicals have a tendency. One, you guys don't really deal with caustic soda. At least I hope you don't. Or really nasty acids like sulfuric, or strong concentrations of sulfuric or hydrochloric. Just hydrofluoric. You you use hydrochloric, some muriatic. Hydrofluoric, sulfuric, nitric. I use them all. You're you're crazy. (laughs) Um, Oh, but it worked. Not in brewing. Okay. <laughs> Those chemicals have a tendency of jumping back at you. If you would take a um, pot of, um, you poured in your sulfuric acid or something into the thing and it took water and dumped it on top, it would jump back at you and it'd take a violent reaction. Um, so you always add the chemicals to your water, and it's just a pure safety reason. Another convenience, it, maybe you guys have tried it once with star sand, but foam. Um, if you have a carboy and you add star sand, which is a high foamer, to a carboy, and then you start adding water on top of it, you might be lucky to get it half filled with water because you're going to have foam coming out the top. If you add the water first, fill it up, and then add the star sand on top, you won't have any foam at all. So that's yeah, just that's a true. convenience factor of foam. Okay, yeah. But the foam, I just want to point out real quick, too, the foam is also a sanitizer, right? Not just the water solution. Correct. Okay. So a little foam isn't isn't too bad. Yeah, don't feel the foam. Yeah. No. In star sand specifically, um, a lot of guys put a little bit. They don't do a whole five-gallon carboy. They put in a little bit, enough for maybe a gallon. They swirl it around because they don't want to waste water, and they shake it up and get the foam up in there, and it wicks in, and it does a great job of killing whatever bugs happen to be left in there. So that's that's a, a wonderful... That's one of the main reasons why you want to use star sand. Now, one question that, uh, that we've been asked is... Uh, that uh, the listeners have asked is what's the uh, what's the effect of uh, you know this uh, PBW or, or, or caustic cleaners or you know any cleaner that we might use on uh, different types of materials so uh, we're assuming in glass you could pretty much leave it forever and uh, other than stuff dropping out of solution and depositing on the bottom you know, there's not going to be any real harm to the glass but is that true for say uh, plastic different types of plastic there's the uh, hdpe and there's uh, you know polycarbonate the polycarbonate like the better bottle right that's polycarbonate right. and uh, yep. um, and or you know also uh, you know metals uh, s- different grades of stainless mm-hmm. uh, aluminum sometimes people use aluminum pots yeah. uh, brass stuff like brass, that brass copper can, right. can you speak to that 
which, uh, well, let's take PBW first. PBW and glass, you're absolutely correct, is fine, um, other than heart stuff falling out of solution. Um, PBW and plastic um, is not going to harm the plastic at all, at least, um, I mean... Normal I'm concentrations. Normal concentration, you know, one ounce in a gallon of water, you probably could leave it in there for well over a year. Um, the environment, the natural UV light is going to break it down more than the PBW ever would. Um, and that goes to the full range of plastics. Um, the stainless, um, again, it, it water by itself, as long as it, DI water won't harm it, but water, tap water has electrolytes, heavy metals in it, and that over long periods of time can actually corrode the stainless. Uh, John, you probably could talk to this better than I could, but um, stainless, I mean, even water can be corrosive. Yeah, that's um, right, especially when you get soils or something uh, on the stainless in one spot, then you can get uh, uh, edge corrosion, crevice corrosion around the perimeter. Or if you leave the uh, the piece, you know, half in, half out of the solution, that's going to be probably one of your worst. I, I see uh, activity on the air-water interface, uh, you know, very quickly. Within, uh, you know, a day or two, you can start to see pitting of uh, right. most stainless. Yeah. Yes. Now, PBW is um, the safest one out there. So it's not going, like chlorine or bleach would, would definitely pit it. Um, but PBW is a, is a very safe product, and I've left it in, um, in, in my stainless carboy for a week, and I never noticed any difference. I've never left it in longer than that. I don't know what the time difference is, how long someone wants to um, keep the product. Um, obviously, after the first 24 hours, you've lost the oxygen, but you still have the alkalinity, the surfactant, the chelation. So I've known people to try to reuse product for periods of time. Um, but if you're going to store it, it's definitely store it in plastic or glass um, for the safety of the stainless. Okay. Star sand. Um, star sand is the same thing. Uh, safe on glass, safe on plastic. Um, and the same reason on the, the stainless. Now, that one, though, I've left star sand. I, I left a solution of star sand in one of my um, carboy or corny kegs. Oh, geez. Six months. Yeah. And yeah. no problem whatsoever. And so um, people ask the question, how long is it? I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. Um, it's probably safer to have it in star sand because it's acid than being straight water but over periods of time it could corrode just like the water could yeah okay how does um how do softer metals like copper and brass do in pbw and star sand copper brass are wonderful uh pbw is is fine on them um i with pbw be careful with teflon Okay, that's the number one thing. My wife got mad at me once. I I um I cleaned some Teflon coated pots with it, and uh, it it pulled the Teflon right off. Huh? <laughs> uh, so, with PBW, the only thing is watch out for Teflon. Um, but it's safe on copper. Um, if if you don't want to take my word for it, take some copper pennies and uh, clean them up. It does a great job. Same thing with star sand. Star sand will shine up that copper real nice. Um, so well, it won't hurt the copper brass is a little bit softer um and so i i'd be a little bit careful with say a brass pot okay well what about i mean you know in star sand i guess you got phosphoric acid as the carrier yeah and uh but so 
I think in well the copper penny case, you know, you're going to dissolve off your ox your surface oxides there. But um, PBW, on the other hand, being an alkali, it's not going to be dissolving off uh, oxides. It's going to be more of a organic soil uh, yeah. and chelation in terms of uh, you know, uh, I guess in terms of brightening copper, right? Well, PBW brightening copper may take a long time. It, it may even be um, whenever I whenever I've done it, I've dropped it in there and then pulled it out and then always had to. I've always gone and rinsed it off and then dropped it in some star sand. I think it's a phosphoric acid that's shining it up. Okay. I know it is. PBW probably doesn't shine it, but it will clean it. Um, and that probably leads into a question. I know you guys um, curious. I'm assuming you use copper pipes for, uh, say, chillers. Right, right. Yeah. And PBW I, I, will clean those up. When people get a little scared with using it. PBW is fine. Yeah. It's a fact I, th- that I think a lot of us up. have, you know, especially in the chiller, you know, a lot of us have um, immersion chillers, which you know you can see how the you know the, how the chiller looks when it comes out of the uh, cleaner and sanitizer and looks nice and bright and shiny. But uh, for people with counterflow chillers, where you know the copper's inside and the beer's going inside, you, know, you really can't see. And so I think a lot of people are curious about what's going on inside the tube. Um, I also use uh, like the Blickman Therminator, which is you know brazed stainless steel plates uh, using pure copper as the brazing, brazing material between them. And uh, people have often asked me about uh, how to clean those, and I usually go with my standard method which is pbw and star sand but uh, i always caution them never to store uh counterflow chillers and uh therminators and other you know braised plate uh chillers never to store them wet to always drain them and store them dry um i guess from what from what i'm hearing what you're saying is uh pbw is probably you know fairly benign uh to these these materials but uh you wouldn't recommend storing them with PBW solution in, in them, would you? No. Okay. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct. Okay. Now, <coughs> oh, sorry. Fly uh, one down your <coughs> Yeah. Well, those flies from Australia that are really <laughs> persistent. Do, do be careful with aluminum. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do be careful with aluminum. Um, aluminum is, is very soft, and I think PBW over long, say over 24 hours, could hurt it. Because uh, that that's one that I would watch out for. Well, and here's 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 probably the big question. Now that John brought up uh, counterflow chillers, that I think of of anything that people wonder about is you know how effective you know uh, running cleaning solution through uh, a counterflow chiller can be. Oh yeah, and, with the pump uh, or you know, something. Yeah, you know, so uh, you know, reversing the direction of flow, uh, things like that. You know, time and contact and temperature, and uh, even so. You know, a lot of people say, "Hey, you know, uh, I did the, I did this, you know, practice that uh, should have. Everyone says should have cleaned my my chiller, and then, um, you know, I ran some uh, PBW through it, and now it came all this snotty gunk." You know, I, this is one of the reasons I don't use a counterflow chiller myself, just because I can't see that that thing is clean inside. Counterflow chillers, and even um, even in large breweries where they use the plates. Um, and, and big heat exchangers. It's the number one cause of, or the number one area for infection, um, because they are so difficult to clean and sanitize properly. Um, with the counterflow chillers, they, um, the coil 
there could be blind spots. If you run the fluid through too fast, you could get a, um, a blind spot where it, all the liquid sticks to the outside and you're not actually touching the inside of the metal or the inside of the bend. Right? Well, that's an excellent point. So the speed at which you're pushing the, the, the cleaner through that can have an effect on whether it reaches all the, the nooks and crannies or not. Absolutely. Remember Flo. Flo's our friend, and I'm not talking about a lady. Um, <laughs> a, a dude who dresses up like a lady? <laughs> there you go. Uh, um, <laughs> but the try to run the flow through slow and very, if you can, vary the speed at which you put it through. Um, and, in fact, try to even throw, flow it through backwards. Okay, try to hook up, you know, normally your outlet. See if you can flip it around and pump or press the cleaning solution through the bottom and have it come out the top. Um, And uh, one of the things I I recommend at the breweries with their heat exchangers is to start the flow, go through, and slowly start restricting the flow on the outlet side. By restricting the flow on the outlet side, you change obviously the flow inside and you build up pressure and that causes it to climb up the plates or um, press into the areas in which you may have been missing before and then just clamp it off and let it sit for a period of time so so throttle your flow at the output yeah and and going through the other hole and change, you know, change up the tempo. Go through the other hole. Press at the bottom till it comes out the top. And remember to constrict, constrict it at some point. Squeeze it. Keeping this clean, guys. This is cleaning. This cleaning. is cleaning. Yeah. This is as clean as we get. <laughs> oh, you. Uh, <laughs> We're bad. I know. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, at least oh, you're laughing. Oh, no, my head's in the wrong place right now. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's you. It's not us. We're not. We're just repeating what you're saying. That's all. <laughs> well, when you repeat it back to me, it sounds so nasty. Uh, uh, maybe you ought to clean up your act, John. I, I need I mean, to. I really need to. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's see. Restricting the flow, making sure you got to remember cleaners can only clean what they can see. Okay. Right, right. And I'm talking in the liquid. Okay, These things don't generate gases. Or PBW and star sand are not generating a gas. Mm-hmm. So it's only what it touches. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, Keep that in mind. Stop, slow down, and think. Have I contacted every surface? Is it clean? PBW does a fantastic job of removing stuff um, inside those copper counterflow chillers. Um, I don't care what people were using before. The first time they used PBW, they swear it was clean before they even put the PBW in there, and solutions come out. Or the cleanest you normally is a, a green, sometimes they're brown, and you know, junk coming out right. that has been growing in these things for a long time. Well, I think one of the misconceptions, people are thinking, oh, it's eating away my chiller. No, it's all the crud you've been pumping through your chiller that's been in there if you clean it regularly you wouldn't get all this schnot coming out of it now john how much time is too much contact time you know is there is there a guideline here i mean people assume that you know if one hour is good then one week or one month is better um i too much time you know there's no reason to leave something in longer than a week um i 24 hours normally does the job, but I've, I've heard of some really nasty stuff um, where people don't clean their equipment for six months, 
they just ran the beer through it. They didn't even follow it up with water. Well, you know, I, I, I do a pretty good job, but I can't work miracles. Okay. Um, and so 24 hours, you may need to run it off, off and on. You may need to do some other things to get these things clean. So I can't say there's a magic number of what's the optimum. Um, most cleaning can be done in five to five minutes to 30 minutes. Okay, depending upon what you're doing, if you're soaking it, um, if you're flowing it through, I I can't see any reason though to leave it in over 24 hours. Some guys get a little crazy and want to go all the way up to a week, but okay. over a week, I mean, come on, why? Yeah, I, I mean that, that's kind of where I was going with it too, because I mean you know uh, corrosion wise, uh, I would I would not recommend um, soaking it more than uh, a day or so. Uh, just because you start increasing the risk for uh, corrosion, especially in uh, you know in just counter- because of the water. Yeah, because of the water. Well, no. and I think with PBW, you you have more electrolyte in mm-hmm. the in the water, so mm-hmm. it's chemically more active. Even though it's not, you know, it's not directly attacking the stainless, but or the copper, but. Um, you you give it time. Well, and if you s- have scratches in your metal as well, exposing a, a something that's not protected by a, a, an oxidized layer. Right. You know crevices by you know different uh, different metal couplings, where you set up a galvanic reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, After twenty four hours, all the oxygen is gone. Okay. Because okay? PBW releases oxygen. That's the um, percarbonate that's in the product, and it reacts with the carbonates in solution and has a synergistic effect that increases the cleaning. Um, That's all gone after 24 hours. The only thing after 24 hours that you're left with is alkalinity, chelation, and and the chelation is probably chelating the heavy metals and could and could start to disappear too. So it's it's primarily alkalinity and surfactants. Okay. The other question I thought of is, um, let's say you have like you know this this chiller that hasn't been cleaned in months, you know, or put away dirty. Uh, is there a is there a soil load such that where you would you know put some put some PBW into the chiller, let it soak for an hour or a day? And then would want to uh, dump that and put in fresh solution and soak it again. I mean, is there going to be an advantage to um, you know hitting it twice with fresh solution in terms of, of the soil load? Okay. Of course, the um, you can use up the um, bullets in the gun. Um, if that's an analogy I can make, okay. um, you know, eventually, yes, you can. You. you mm-hmm. You will use it up, and so if you say soak it in overnight for 24 hours, you rinse it, um, or refresh the solution, dump it, put in new stuff. Of course, you're gonna you're gonna get whatever the other stuff couldn't get. Okay. Because yeah. you got sometimes you take the stuff off in layers. Yeah. Okay. So one bullet's good, three bullets are better. Usually. Yeah. Usually. As long as people remember one ounce per gallon, uh, one of the things Jamil said, don't overuse it. Yeah. Um, hey, do you have just, a do you have a, a metric equivalent for our Australian listeners? Oh, probably. Uh, I got to think here. Let's see. Here. We're. I believe one ounce is roughly thirty mils. Uh, one fluid ounce is thirty mils. Twenty nine point five mil. I'm, I'm pulling off the top of my head. Twenty nine point five mils. And so PBW, one ounce in a gallon of water would be roughly 30 mils or um, 3.78 liters. Yeah. And then um, 
to 20 liters, sorry, or to, to yeah. And then five gallons is what, 20-something liters, 20 liters? 19, so, roughly. 19, okay. Yeah, it's close enough. Uh-huh. Um, and if it's one ounce, I think it would be roughly, was it, uh, five mils per liter? Yeah, so thirty mils. I don't know if I did my math right or not. So if you're talking about uh, about thirty uh, mils, twenty eight twenty eight grams per per gallon, then uh, and you're talking uh, about four. So four, uh, if you're talking uh, seven milliliters per liter, seven seven or seven grams per per liter. Yeah, yeah. So in twenty so, or yeah, one hundred forty yeah, grams. Yeah, the number per, I had off the top of my head was five. Okay. Because I was rounding, uh, but seven sounds more close or more exact. Okay. All the all these small noises that you <laughs> I think you got it that time. Meals <laughs> in here killing flies. Pacheco flies are nasty, man. They're like they're like Melbourne flies. Well, they they all they came really in are. out of the rain. I think is what happened. John, we're, we're so hard, trying so hard to pay attention to you, and flies are landing on our nose as we are doing this. As long as they don't land on the beer, that's what started it all. One of them tried to get in my beer. I told him to spit it out, and he wouldn't. So they're they're dying. All right, we need to get to our uh, our chat room and answer their questions. We got uh, a lot of people listening live, and uh, when we do that, uh, hopefully, John, you can stick around with us, and sure. uh, we'll be back right after this. Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Finn. Piece by piece. Well, let's fire her up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. And the new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The The More Beer beer Deal deal of the day. Day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Hi, I'm Sean O'Sullivan, the brewmaster and co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Six years ago, Nico Frecci and I opened the 21st Amendment on 2nd Street with the intent of bringing back the local neighborhood brew pub. Well, the neighborhood has really changed over the years, but the 21st Amendment still remains a great place for people to meet over a terrific meal and a tasty pint of beer. In the past, the only way you could enjoy the 21st Amendment's handcrafted beers was at the brew pub. Well, all that has changed. Now, the 21st Amendment beers 
are available in cans. That's right, cans. When was the last time you had a great beer in a can? Well, that day has come. We're offering our world-famous watermelon wheat and 21A IPA in cans. Cans are a better package than glass because cans keep the beer fresher, longer, but you can also take cans to places where bottles can't go, like the beach, lake, golf courses, and sporting events. So join us in the revolution to take back the can from the big breweries and crack open a cold 21A craft beer in a can. The 21st Amendment, 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park. Okay, I rolled a 15, and I get a plus two from my yeast starter. No, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way. You had to be to 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks. I just failed versus oxidation. Our party is fracked. Doug's the only one left, and his beer is a Berliner Weiss. What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Why yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com this is sit down next to it grab yourself a paper towel and watch those yeast have sex you're listening to the network back to the beer guys that make other beer guys look like wine guys brew strong All right, we're back. We're talking uh, cleaning. Cleaning, not necessarily sanitation. Cleaning being actually probably more important than sanitation. Yeah, I think paramount. that's a, the, the thing that people miss. They think, well, I'm sanitizing, and then they get these infected beers. And it's like, well, I, I think the old adage that uh, you know sanitization is everything in uh, brewing, I think actually cleaning is probably more important. Probably yeah. the, the fundamental basis that everything else hinges upon. All your sanitation hits bond is, is cleaning. Yeah. So if and, you haven't cleaned it, it's still got crap on it. Right. So we still have uh, John on the line from uh, Five Star. He's been uh, great helping us out here. He's our, our expert on cleaning and, and uh, all the uh, the uh, high-tech tools for cleaning properly. That's right. And uh, we got some questions from the chat room, Justin? We do. A couple questions came through from the chat. Uh, a lot of people hanging out today um, dealing with the storm and audio problems. Thank you for that. Um one question that came through that I thought was a good question about cleaning products for you, John, was that someone said they use Bartender's Friend on their kettle and how great it works to clean their kettle. But he was wondering if that's safe and, and good for the metal, good for him. Is that an okay product to use? Well, yeah, in my opinion, yeah. It um, Bartender's Friend or bar, Barkeeper's Friend is a uh, oxalic acid-based uh, kitchen cleanser. So it's got it's it's like your your usual um, bathroom and kitchen cleansers, except that it's got uh, a chemistry that's suited to stainless steel, um, to brighten stainless steel, remove the oxides, and uh, so it's it's very good for in terms of uh, cleaning your stainless steel down to bare metal and letting that stainless steel pat repassivate itself. Okay, and five star John. 
Um, I've never actually run across bartender's friend, but oxalic acid I can speak to. He's uh, he's absolutely correct that oxalic acid is a great acid cleaner. Um, it, it does a good job of removing it. It would be um, the safer version than using something like nitric acid to um, repassivate stainless. Um, it, it'll do an okay job of removing uh, hard water stains. Um, the one thing it won't do is it will not remove or um, saponify any organic material. That's right. And that's where you're depending on mechanical action with the scrubby and so on okay. to get Correct. that soil off there and, and make sure you rinse because uh, oxalic acid is a toxic, is, is toxin. It's the, uh, it's the same toxin that exists in rhubarb. Okay. And another question that came through, uh, John H., you had mentioned that uh, PBW's, the, the one thing it's tough on is Teflon. And someone wanted to know, what about Teflon tape? A lot of us use that at our fittings, and is that something we have to worry about also? Uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> plain and simple. If you soak, and that's another reason not to um, soak it for long periods of time. If you have, say, um, Teflon coat. Well, number one, if you're using Teflon tape, it means you got threaded stuff. Um, and my best advice is to get away from the threaded stuff because that's an area for uh, contamination. Um, if you the, don't take it apart and clean it. Correct. If yeah. you don't take it apart and clean it. And, and even if you do take it apart and clean it, make sure you got something that's real good and you clean it and sanitize it really good because that area um, is very difficult to clean. Yeah. Even with a brush, it's hard to get into those um, uh, threads. I, I want to get in on this one, too. This is one of the things that drives me nuts is people go, well, you know, I don't, yeah, why do I need to take apart all my keg fittings? And all? Yeah. Anything with a thread needs to be taken completely apart, whether you're using a, a stainless steel fermenter, you're using a kettle with a threaded outlet, you're using uh, kegs with the threaded uh, posts on them. Mm. Ball valves. Everything needs to be taken apart. Anything with a thread needs to be completely disassembled, cleaned properly, and uh, reassembled with fresh tape or whatever you're using. Yeah, let me let me back up on the Teflon tape thing there just for just a second. Uh, John, I mean, chime in here at any time, but, you know, the problem with PBW and Teflon coatings is that the PBW is able to get underneath the Teflon and lift it off. And in the case of Teflon tape, I mean, we're not we're not concerned about the adhesion of the tape to the fitting. The the Teflon tape acts as a kind of a like a gasket to uh, help prevent leaking. Really, uh, so well, we're not going to injure the Teflon. Uh, we're just uh, we we are concerned, as you say, about uh, cleaning underneath all of that after each brew session. Is that right? Sort of. <laughs> okay. Um, I. I have had Teflon. Now you could soak it, say, for 24 hours, and it's not gonna, it's not gonna leak. That's your biggest concern with Teflon tape. Is if it does break it apart, your tank leaks, right? right. Um, and if you're taking it apart and putting new stuff on, you don't care. But I've had an experience where PBW um, has eaten Teflon plumber's putty. Um, it, it will. It can start breaking the Teflon apart. So if you soak it in there for months at a time or even weeks, um, it'll slowly eat away at that um, Teflon tape. Okay. It, it, it will break it apart. Yeah, I hit, mean, hit I, the soundboard. Go ahead. Nail it. <laughs> I just wanted to let everyone... <laughs> there was a moment there as John was answering a great question that... 
the fly I'm we've been trying to board. kill the whole show landed right on my mixer, and I did think about <laughs> I did think about swatting it for a second, but we would have lost everything. Yeah, it would have been a gamble. No offense. It's okay. <laughs> All right, just some more questions from the chat for you also. Um, so you had talked before, John H., about uh, keeping both PBW and Star Sand for periods of time, like in a corny keg. And you were talking about them in terms of how they affect the metal. Um, someone had asked, how about, you know, I keep my Star Sand in a sealed plastic bucket, and it's been there for about a week. Is that reusable? I mean, what do you think about those uh, times? Is the P- this was the Star answer, Sand. Um, the, the answer is, is it depends. Okay. <laughs> um, what's the pH of the solution, and is it still clear? As long as the pH of the solution is still below 3.5, then yes, it's perfectly fine. Okay, a good indicator of what the pH is is whether or not the the solution turns cloudy. Okay, it will react with say heavy metals and hard water. Um, if uh, if you used di distilled water to make up your solution, then it's perfectly fine. You store it in plastic, and it will not break down, go ineffective um, indefinitely. I mean, it's. I can't put a timeline on it. Yeah, that's the way I do it. I I put um, distilled water in a spray bottle with some star sand, and I I just use that spray spray bottle to you know soak everything as I'm brewing. Okay. All right. Um, another question that came through from the chat is: uh, Does oxygen have negative effects on these cleansers? And I think what he was asking in specific is: If we leave the cleanser out, if we don't seal the bucket, uh, does is, is oxygen going to affect these things? The, the are, are we talking cleaners? I so think PBW cleaners. Or Star Sand? Uh, PBW. He was asking about cleaners. PBW. Um, the oxygen. I mean, oxygen. The answer is no. Oxygen has no effect whatsoever. Okay. Leaving it open to the atmosphere um, doesn't. I mean, sealing it is probably better, but. It, no. Flies, small children falling in, yeah. Well, and yeah, also, uh, you know, one of the, the, the active things in the PBW is the oxygen, right? Yeah. Uh, it's, it's part of the, the, the action of the PBW. So, really, you're best off making yourself some new PBW uh, on a regular basis, as-needed basis. It's not that expensive. When you look at the cost of a batch of beer, you know, make yourself up some fresh cleaner, whatever cleaner you're using. Uh, I use PBW. Uh, it's not that expensive, you know, used in the right concentration. And, uh, you know, uh, even if you want to use a, a slightly less concentration, use more time, uh, you know, very effective. And the, the thing is not to, uh, you know, don't don't cheat yourself on uh, great quality beer by, you know, trying to save yourself, uh, yeah. you know, 25 or 50 cents. Yeah, don't be penny wise, pound foolish. Yeah, you sound you like can ben say it. When I that. say it, people think I'm just trying to, <laughs> trying sell, to sell more. Product. Yeah, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I got to be careful, but um, you're absolutely correct. Well, and you probably make most of your money from uh, your your major major clients, and uh, home yeah, brewing is just home brew is a nice small little market. Right. But to be honest, we <laughs> the, the, we are in breweries, we're in so many other things that he, he, if a home brewer buys an extra pound of PBW in the year, it it does not affect my yeah. bottom line that right. much. Exactly, but you love us anyway, right? I mean, I I'd never see it. Um, yeah. I, I love it when a home brewer calls us up and, and wants to buy directly from us. And it's like, go to your local home brew store, please. 
Well, and you know, and and one of the things I like about you guys is you're always willing to help out with the, you know, the homebrew shows and all that stuff, and yeah. and be part of the. Uh, part of the community even though uh i know it's a very minor part of the business but uh you guys put uh, put some dedication into that and that's yeah. really appreciated yeah well, especially we, talking chemistry to with us too we i enjoy it i i know within the company we enjoy it uh we have a lot of fun and and i i'll tell everyone right now please uh if you have any of these questions feel free to email me or um you know you can call i i'm very yeah, what's your home phone number of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, my wife's name. Uh, yeah, is, be careful. <laughs> um, no, but shoot me an email. Um, you can get onto our website um, with you know fivestarchemicals dot com and and link into my my uh, my email address is on there. And um, I'm more than happy to answer emails for homebrewers all the time on on these types of questions. And it, I enjoy it and. It bothers me when I call up someone for technical advice and they pass me around and pass me around and I never actually get the answer. So I I love helping people out and uh, it's company values. We we pride ourselves on just taking right. doing the right thing. Well, yeah. and and here's a the a thing though for the listeners is first do a Google search and for your basic questions answer them yourself that way. And then when you have the more complex questions, then you send them to John, and I'm, he'll he'll be glad to answer them for you. And I'm sure he's going to do a wonderful job answering those for you. But you know, show a little respect, and, and don't expect him to uh, answer questions like, "Well, how do I open the container of PBW?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nine out of ounce? every ten yeah. questions. Uh, nine out of ten questions are all on the brew on the forums. Yeah, yeah. You guys take care of each other, and you do a fantastic job of the answering the questions and. Um, People email me the tougher ones, and then usually end up posting my response on their uh, um, on the web's um, forums and stuff. So, but I'm not on those forums. Okay, uh, mark off how to open off my list. Uh, let's see. Uh, the, I do have to ask this question of you, John. Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer is how you open <laughs> Works every time. All right, I'll try that next time. All right, this one I can't resist asking. It's the, the hippie sissy in me. Uh, all this talk of cleansers, and, and, and John H., I want to start with you, but anybody else, of course, chime in here. All this talk of cleansers and things we're going to use to clean our equipment. But how do we dispose of it safely, John? I mean, I, and, and I'm not just worried. Like, I, for example, I live near the bay, so everything I dump down down the drain ends up in the bay. Um, sure. Others just put it in their backyard and in their garden. Um, so can you talk to us about, and I mean not just PBW, but what about IOTA4 or, or OxyClean and some of these other cleaners that we've talked about, too? How do we get rid of them? Um, IOTA4, be very, very careful. Iota four. If you're on a septic tank, um, I you say it's going to end up in the bay. Iodine is very nasty in the environment. It, it's um, it's not very environmentally friendly as far as breaking down. I wouldn't recommend going and dumping it on your garden. And chlorine's not the, so great either. Eh, not really. Yeah. Not really. The um, okay. you know it, it's um, it's a nasty halogen as well. The the advantage chlorine has is it normally um, evaporates and goes into the environment, um, and it 
I, I guess that's an advantage because it, it destroys everyone's environment and not necessarily just your backyard. Okay. Um, but <laughs> no, it, chlorine is, is nasty as well. Um, PBW, um, Star Sand are both biodegradable. They break down. They're wonderful. They're, they're perfectly safe in septic tanks. They break down into the environment naturally. Um, there's nothing in either one of those products that um, is considered non-biodegradable. Um, they they're perfectly safe. Now, should you just go and dump it on your ground? No. I think you, you know, always dilute it. Uh, high pH, low pH will um, affect things. But hit it with water and have no, don't worry about putting PBW or star sand um, in the, the use concentration, okay? One ounce in a gallon for PBW or one ounce in five gallons for star sand. They just go right down the drain, and uh, they're going to break down in the wastewater treatment facility, and actually they turn into nutrients for the bugs that break down the stuff. Okay. Other products like OxyClean, um, I... Yeah, sodium percarbonate is uh, what OxyClean is, and that will break down. There's, um, I, I can't think of anything in there unless they add a fragrance, and I'm not sure. If, do they add a fragrance to OxyClean? Uh, some of them probably. I don't yeah, know. I was thinking that there might be some that you can get lemon scent or something yeah. as opposed but, to just um, the regular. But as you say, I would know. hope that those are all biodegradable. Yeah, um, it depends on what the Chinese are doing these days. Um, I know <laughs> good friends. <laughs> it, it was made in Greenwood Village. It was invented, and then it, they started making it in um, uh, the Midwest. And now I think a majority of it's all made overseas. Okay. So, I, to be honest, I have no clue uh, what other ingredients they put in other than sodium carbonate and sodium uh, percarbonate, yeah. which those two ingredients are fine in the environment. Yeah, I mean, they occur naturally in the environment, carbonates. So, so yeah. you, you mentioned iota-4 being, the, the iodine being harmful, but not a way for it not to be harmful. Is that to say that maybe we should just avoid using it, or is there a way to, to dispose of it properly? Um. Well, it says usually on most bottles, um, it usually says right on them that you're not allowed to pour them on the ground. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to um, put them in the septic tanks. Um, and you have to call your local um, health department to figure out how to dispose of them properly. Now, that being said, one ounce and five gallons, 12 parts per million of iodine, realistically, everyone dumps it down the drain. Okay. Even even the big dairies, they put them in the use solution, and then they ended up they end up putting them down the drain, um, and they make it someone else's problem. And I don't know if that's illegal or not. I would I would venture to say that at very low parts per million, you're allowed to put that down the drain. I see. Um, however, is that the best thing for the environment? Um, they're going to have to tr- you're going to have to get that out of the water. Yeah. It's not safe to drink it. Yeah. Um, and so the bugs are going to have to break that down. And at low levels, I'm sure they can handle them and eat them up. But once you start getting into high levels, those bugs are um, going to get into some problems. That's one of the problems with, say, quaternary ammonias. Okay. All right. Well, that's, they, that's good information, Ash. I, I appreciate you addressing that question for me. Um, I, 
I think that's it. Questions from the chat room and for me. But I do want to point out uh, that back in 06, we did have a five-star show with uh, Charlie Talley. Uh, one of this the was fa- a better show. One of the founders of Five Star. <laughs> so if you have more questions about sanitation uh, and other chemicals from Five Star, you can go check that out. Just go to the Sunday Session page on the website, and you can search Charlie Talley, and only one episode comes up, and that's the one. And people refer back to that all the time. So if you didn't get your questions answered here because they weren't about cleaners, check it out there. And the last thing I want to say is if there was a word of the day today, I think it was soil load, uh, used by our <laughs> very own John Palmer. Uh, and I might, you may see soil load shirts in the store someday soon. <laughs> Carry on, Phyllis. All right. So let me let me summarize here. First, let me thank you, John, for uh, uh, you know joining us today and providing a lot of great information to our uh, listeners, and uh, also for offering to answer listeners' questions. If uh, you know, if we didn't cover anything in depth enough, uh, you know, email uh, John uh, at Five Star, and uh, and he'll uh, take care of you there. Uh, so I think what we we came to understand today is that uh, you know cleaning is uh, you know the the critical first step in sanitizing. If you right. don't clean properly, you're not going to be able to sanitize. You're not going to be able to sanitize, and and just it, physical means is not going to do it. You need to use some some chemicals. When you do use those chemicals, uh, you know personally, you know there's a lot of things you can use. For me, the 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 cost of using something that's meant for brewing. Right, it right. is pretty small. I know people. You know, t- today financial times are tight, but uh, you know, consider using something like that. For me, uh, that's the way I go. It's just not worth messing around. Yeah. Um, and you know, don't overuse it. Right. right. You know, right. don't don't th- throw money down the drain. Don't uh, cause a hazard. Uh, you know, use it in the right concentration. So John's, uh, uh, you know, critical tips were the T and A. Right. John likes the TNA. He likes yeah. the the time, the temperature, the agitation. Yep, lots uh, of A. Right. <laughs> lots of A. <laughs> Small T. I'm more sometimes of a T work. myself. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> God, you guys are worse than me. I don't know how this has come to pass. Usually, I'm the troublemaker. Uh, all right. So, and 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 concentration. So, you know, proper concentration. Uh, Given enough time to work. But not excessive. Again, everything should be, you know, within 30 minutes, it's pretty much, uh, you know, done the job. If you're going to use a lower temperature, like I do with carboys, I'll leave it a couple of days. And uh, by that time, even at 60 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, you know, everything's, you know, completely dissolved. I mean, yeah. you don't even see it anymore, all the, the, the crud that was adhered to the sides. And then you use some agitation, some good rinsing. Um, one, one prime takeaway I got was... Uh there's there's two aspects of cleaning or two two kinds of cleaners. You have the uh, surfactants and you have the uh, what was it? The saponificators, the, alkalize, uh, alkalize, and um, you can uh, something like a Dawn dishwashing that is strictly a surfactant, and a surfactant allows you to get into the crevices in the material. And lift out soils that wouldn't be taken out by an alkali. It's not alone. going to break down the soils, though. Right, the surfactant. But the surfactant is not going to break down the soil right. like an al- alkali would. Right. So your best cleaner is going to be a combination, combination. of a surfactant and an alkali. Absolutely. Yeah. For organic soils. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you got a big load, you can do it twice. <laughs> do it twice. Go in through the other hole. Yeah. Push and it through the bottom until it comes out the top. Right. Reverse flow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, use some constriction on the flow so it it doesn't go too fast. That's right. <laughs> Justin's tips he's taking yeah. away. 
<laughs> you guys are too much. <laughs> well, thanks. You have it, though. You do have it. Thank, th- <laughs> thanks for putting up with us. Um, it's been my pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll have to do this again sometime. We will. I think uh, we're going to do a show on sanitizing eventually, and uh, we'd like to have you back. I think you'd be uh, great to have with us. Well, I'd love to come back and talk about sanitizing. I I apologize. I, I sort of got off the cleaning mode and mentioned no, no, sanitizing no. today. But... I, I think the two go hand in hand, yeah. you know, but you know, I want people to understand how critical cleaning is in getting things sanitized. All right. Thank you very much, John. That's our Bruce well, Strong show for, for today. Uh, you know, coming up next, we're going to either be talking about malt analysis or hops. I think it's dry hopping that right. we're talking about next and uh, with our uh, special guest, uh, Tasty McDowell. And uh, if you get a and chance, go to the Brewing Network store. You're going to find... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fly down the wrong way. You're going to find uh, Brewing Network shirts. You're going to find books. Next week, you're going to find BN glassware. And I'll tell you, the glassware is really sweet. You're going to want to order a bunch for yourself. Um, uh, what else What else, uh, What else? else is going on? Uh, there's uh, Brewing Classic Styles books. Brewing Classic Styles books. That's that will right. be autographed by Sign. both of us. Signed. Brewing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you can get them with both John Palmer and Jamil Zanishev's signatures. Brewing Classic Styles. That's new. Uh, it used to just be me signing them, which, you know, that's not worth anything. You know, might as well you know, I said I'm here. You know, I might as well sign something. They're going, well. Now that John has signed them, now they're worth something. Before, <laughs> they were like toilet paper. Now they're they're collector's items. So, get yourself to the store. If you're if you're listening live, hang in, listen to the chat room, uh, listen live and, and join in the chat room. Uh, great chance to ask your questions and participate in the show. Uh, if you're not and you're a podcast listener, uh, think about watching the uh, the announcements on the uh, Brewing Network dot com and uh, join us live anytime you get a chance. And uh, thank you all, Bruce Strong. Bruce Strong. Hey, let's order some.